Welcome to the Art of Mortgage Marketing Podcast, where you'll learn the secret sauce, what it really takes to build a thriving mortgage business doing what you love, without relying on cold calling or annoying realtors. And now, let's join your host, Doran Aldana. Thank you for your persistence. I know that... Uh, this was definitely a test on the front lines of real life. Just doing this podcast episode, you know, just as well as I, it wasn't easy. We uh, we tried so many different things, couldn't get on, couldn't get our audio to work, couldn't get our video to work. But that's what it's like sometimes, you know, on the front lines of, of capitalism in the real world, you're going to face challenges. And so okay. I want to start off with a little bit about your story, because, you know, challenges aren't meant to define you. They're meant to refine you. And that's very much your story. And uh, you're a huge proponent of personal development and, and personal growth as am I. And uh, your story is very much a story of growth. So let's talk about, first of all, your origin, you know, where you uh, started, what inspired you to get in the mortgage business, how long you've been in the business. And um, maybe we'll start there and then we'll talk about the journey along the way. Yeah, perfect. Well, so again, I'm Sam Borswick. Uh, live here in Washington State, beautiful uh, Evergreen State. Uh, lived here pretty much my my entire adult life. Um, prior to getting into the mortgage industry, I um, I'd always do um, sales and and like relationships uh, on a very high level. Um, prior to this, I was I was doing uh, auto finance, and that's kind of how I got my cut the bug. Um, but it's that's a very taxing industry. And um, but a decade ago, I decided to make the shift uh, to get into mortgages. Um, so I wanted something a little more stable and I wanted to be able to grow my own business. And um, gosh, the first uh, first, you know, eight, nine years where I was on the strug bus, you know, and, and just um, going through the, the typical sales cycle where you'd, you'd prospect, 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 get some files in the hopper and then babysit, babysit, babysit. And then you'd be like, shoot, now I just got paid and I'm broke again and got to you know, go through that whole thing. And, <laughs> Right. It. Um, and then uh, I had an I'm, sure no, I'm sure nobody else listening or watching to this can no, relate I'm, to that. I'm by the way. Yeah. So two years ago, I, I had an opportunity uh, that I like to say it fell in my lap, but, you know, people always they see the guy on the podium and they say, man, it looks so easy for him. But they never pay attention to the hours and hours and hours he put in prior to that. But so this opportunity presented itself. Uh, for me to open up my own branch. And um, of course I took it. I've always been a risk taker and, and just, you know, jumping at chances and talked to my wife ahead of time and just said, Hey, here's kind of what I'm thinking. Uh, do I have your support? And, you know, she gave me a hell yeah. And so um, we opened a branch with integrity mortgage group. Um, and uh, I didn't realize at that point. So I had come from um, uh, a fairly large company as a loan officer and I was doing um, decent production enough to where, you know, I was definitely like, we were getting by, we were, we were comfortable, you know, but um, I really, I wanted more. I, you know, just always had that that bug to kind of push myself and challenge myself. But when you switch from being a single loan officer where you're only babysitting yourself and you're kind of just me, 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 only thinking about, uh, you know, one, one aspect of this business, um, that is fairly simple. Um, it can be. Uh, but then switching over to where now that you're you're managing all your expenses and marketing and you have to have a business plan, you have to have a system and it has to be dialed in or else you just get smoked. And that's that's essentially what happened. Um, we got into this and, you know, had some initial success and then the wheels started to fall off the bus and they'd reconstruct it and they'd fall back off and reconstruct it and they'd fall back off. And it was this constant babysitting of a business and not doing what I love, what I was passionate about, which was connecting with people and building relationships. And uh, 
through um, through sheer happenstance and uh, and just the stars aligning and just whatever had to happen, um, ran into Doran and uh, we got to talking and just it made a lot of sense. You know, Doran come, came from a position where he'd done this at a high level for for a long period of time and and was willing to kind of um, share that wealth of knowledge and and uh, and systems, if you will, kind of shift that. And what I found um, was so let me back up because I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here. Um, so the, the reason we kind of went this whole this route and the reason like there's been a, kind of a quantum shift in my own business and and life. Um, so two and a half years ago, we were pregnant with our second child, a little girl. And uh, long story short, and I won't get hung up on this, but there are some complications to the pregnancy. Um, we knew ahead of time that she wasn't going to make it and kind of flew over the country um, looking for options and and. Uh, and within that, there was hope and then despair and hope and despair and kind of didn't do this whole thing. And, you know, there's obviously some parallels there um, with with life and business. And and after that happened, I just I realized that in order for us to have a life by design, you have to have a plan or design. You know, you can't just have a life designed by by circumstance. Um, and that's kind of when when this happened when you know we were talking uh Dorn and i and i have it in my calendar actually the day we talked and kind of decided hey this is what i want to do um it was it was really just like let me get blueprints i know how to read blueprints i know how to follow them i just need to have you know, some semblance of a plan and what happened um it was really kind of interesting because i wasn't expecting it but so with this program one of the biggest differentiating factors for me was it's kind of a it's a series of little wins or little implementations you can make that that seem minuscule um, they seem like they don't they're not really going to affect getting a deal closed and getting commission um, but they build on each other and what I mean by that is you start with something small like you know everyone needs affirmation and, and confirmation and so one of the first things I did was um, start getting these awesome reviews from past clients I didn't know that they had had such a great experience with me and seeing that kind of like bolstered my confidence and puffed my chest out a little bit. And I was like, shit, I am really good. You know, this is awesome. Like we, we actually have something that is unique here. Right. And from, by doing that, then, you know, obviously that's contagious. Then other people started seeing that and they're just saying, wow, these guys really are the, you know, the, the place to go. And um, we're in Skagit Valley. It's like pretty much any other place in the United States where it's a small community um, or it travels fast and, it's I'm not it's not like a red hat society, but it's very much like community focused and, and very localized. And um, so from November to January, it's about how long it took us to become the number one uh, or highest ranked lender in our area. And um, from that point, so that was kind of the first step from that point, um, implementing the other strategies. I'm not going to open the can of worms, but implementing other strategies in the program, um, we started attracting instead of uh, just any real estate agent, like really high caliber, top producing people that wanted to be aligned with forward thinkers and, and um, you know, really high level, high energy people, they started coming to our world. And, uh, and through that, you know, now experiencing these wins on a daily basis, getting those dopamine hits from, from feeling like you're actually doing something and succeeding, all of a sudden the worry that I had for the end of the line, which was the commission, kind of disappeared because as you start focusing on feeling good, and realizing that you are winning and you are successful, even at small things, then all of a sudden those kind of compound and compound and compound until right. that one commission turns into four and that four commission is turned into eight and so on and so forth. So 
So you're uh, you're jumping ahead a little bit because uh, I want to I want to connect to where people are at right now. Chances are, listening, watching this, they're very much in a similar place to you were. And maybe maybe uh, Q2 Q3 of last year, where you were in the struggle. You're in yeah. the income roller coaster. You know where you get an influx of deals. And you're just babysitting the deals. All of a sudden, all the deals close, and then you're stuck with nothing in the pipe, and you're scrambling to bring in some more deals. And it's just the up and down yo-yo roller coaster. Tell me about the most painful, potently painful part of that struggle for you when you're in there and you didn't know how to fix it. Yeah, yeah, it's easy to skip over that because. Um, you don't want to focus on it but the reality is like <clears throat> that was very much like a, a way of life for a long period of time uh so the most difficult part of that is i mean it's this is something i you know made a joke and i was an anomaly earlier but uh it's very real like it's this plagues our entire industry um and not just this industry but sales in general where you you're you're stressed about finances whatever the case is you focus on prospecting, um, you get some deals going, and then you're so worried about those deals, those two or three deals falling through that you you set your entire focus on that. Um, and you become a ball of stress. You you carry that with you, you take it home. Um, you know, for me, like the, the hardest part was, um, you know, first and foremost, I'm a father and a husband. And that that always has and always will be my, my main priority. But um, looking back, I like, I, I love, I'm, I'm super fortunate that I have an amazing wife and, and she stuck with me and I've got, you know, awesome kiddos. Um, but that, that was just, it was hard for me to put them through that because, you know, it's not easy to, to um, shut that off. This is not a job that's nine to five, you know, it's very much right. like when you're awake, you're, you're on the clock. And so it comes, it starts consuming you more and more of you. And, and pretty soon all I was was this person that was either nervous and prospecting and had to get a deal or this person that had a deal and had to hold on to it so tight that, you know, that I wasn't able to look beyond that. You know, it's kind of like gripping sand. I don't know if you ever tried that before, mm. but it's kind of a unique practice or an interesting practice because the, the more you grip it, the more it slips to your fingers. Mm. Um, and so just kind of going through that and repeating that cycle and not really knowing how to, how to get out of it, but like really like, I mean, not to focus on the downer stuff, but it, it was it was super taxing mentally, emotionally. Um, I was out of shape. I mean, I was, you know, probably the worst shape of my life. Um, not eating right, drinking too much, just trying to curb stress and and alleviate, you know, as much of that as possible so I could have some semblance of uh, sanity when I got home, but not really wanting to be, not motivated to do anything else other than that because it was, there was like this one day of the month that I would, I would get, you know, a good commission check and be stoked. And then know the next day I had to go back out and do it again because I was, I was paying off credit card debt that I'd incurred from right. the previous 29 days, you know? So yes, you're at ground zero pretty much every time you get paid. Yeah. Waking up every yeah. day feeling unemployed, you know? Yeah. So all these are what I call symptoms of doing it the hard way. And this is obviously not unique to you. Probably 90% of any self-employed professional population falls into your category. So you're certainly not alone there. Welcome to the club. Anyone listening, watching to this, chances are they can relate to you intimately through their own plight uh, and through their own experience. And it's interesting, 
uh, I love the metaphor of the gripping onto the sand because the more you grip and the, the tighter you squeeze, the more it slips away. And it's almost this self-fulfilling prophecy that what you focus on expands. And when you're focusing on lack, limitation, scarcity, and fear, you tend to get more of the same. And it becomes this prison of our own making, which yeah. of course can create even more of a downward cycle of suck where it just gets worse and worse and worse as opposed to better uh, in spite of all the grinding, all the hustling and all the toil. And so tell me what happened such that you decided to make a bold shift and look for counsel, advice, mentoring, and a proven plan. What was the the pivot point for you that, you know, made you decide to actually search for help? Because obviously you've been trying this for a while. It wasn't working. Your way wasn't working. What was the pivot point for you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, really like, so there's kind of two things that the first one was um, that week prior to kind of jumping in with, with both feet was um, I'd had two deals fall out and that was mm -hmm. uh, you know, that was 60% of my 75% um, of my pipeline for that month. Um, and just knowing that like, this was something that I was always going to have. Like this is, this was my life, you know? And I remember leaving work that or leaving the uh, home that morning and just having this pit in my stomach and, you know, saying bye to my wife and kids and just kind of driving to work, took a long way. And just realizing that like this, this, you know, this is who I have become. This is who I am becoming. And, um, and it was always going to be this way, you know? And, and I remember there's a stoplight that classically, I don't know what, why this one side, it's a farm road. So you kind of drive by really beautiful scenery. And there's a, there's this last stoplight I take before I get to my office. It always takes forever. And I was sitting there at that stoplight and I was just feeling the, like super low, like, you know, this is my life, like, ah, you know, and then uh, I just, I don't know. I just was like, no, you know what? This isn't, there are people doing this at a high level there are people that are able to do this and function. And there's, you know, there's people that are, they're doing this and like still able to go on vacation with their family. So to take a month off and just like live life. Like, I don't, if this is the only life I get, why would I want to even do this job? If it's, if it's just this, if I'm always going to be subjecting myself to so much stress and turmoil, like, is this really worth it? You know, I surely I can go do anything else, still make this amount of money, or I can take this to the next level and really create my own destiny. And that light turned green and I was just like, I don't know why, like little things like that can be super significant to me, but that light turning green was like, Nope, I'm not going to put through, I'm not going to mm. put up with this anymore, you know? And I, so I'm pulling out a stoplight and uh, not to get super cheesy, but I look in the mirror, the rear view mirror is sitting there. And, uh, and I, I looked at myself and I said, I'm not going to let me bully you anymore. And I remember like thinking of that, like, you know, how I, I allowed myself to bully myself to think that like this is all I was I was capable of mm. instead of like taking the chance like I'd always taken chances and why was I now not doing that you know why was I not allowing myself to experience the other side of this business that can be super fulfilling super rewarding like allow you to really like pour into people clients uh real estate you know partners whatever the case is like really allow you to be the superhuman you actually are and um and then the, it's funny, like I had forgot about our call that day and I show up to work and I'm looking at my calendar and I realize I've got this call with Doran and I was like, huh, interesting. Okay. This is how it's going to play out. 
all right, well, I know what I'm going to do, you know. Um, you see it in a different, different light after that uh, yeah. man-to-man conversation with yourself. It reminds yeah. me of, uh, I don't know if you've listened to the audio book or, or read the book by David Goggins, You Can't Hurt Me, have you? Yep. Yeah. I read that. So he has, he has a similar man-to-man conversation with himself. I can't remember. He has it. It's like mirror talk or real talk. I can't remember the terminology yep. he uses for it. But basically looking himself in the mirror and uh, taking all the bullshit out of the equation and just telling, yep. telling it to himself straight, you know, because he'd been bullshitting himself for so long. And yep. he was like over 100 pounds overweight. And he was living way below his capabilities and capacities. And he was living a second best mediocre life and he knew it. And as soon as he started to talk real talk to himself and peel back the bullshit, that's when the transformation began. Yeah. So it's interesting that your story parallels him in uh, a variety of ways or his story in a variety of ways. And your story actually interweaves with a lot of other clients that come to us who have breakthroughs and the parallels all link to one thing. They get to a place where they're just freaking done doing it the hard way. They're done with settling for second best. They're done with the grind and the endless strife and stress and struggle. They know they're capable of more. They know their families are deserving of more. And they're just freaking done with tolerating this. And they're not willing to go another way, another day doing it the hard way. And it's called defiant resolve, where they just say enough is enough, no more. I freaking had it. I'm done with this way of life. So therein lies the beginning of your breakthrough. Defiant resolve. And then, of course, we had our conversation later that day, and uh, obviously the rest is history. Lots has happened. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But uh, tell me about the secret motivation for you. You were, you know, done with the struggle, the strife, the stress, um, the overpromising and underdelivering to your family. The, the, you know, the fact that this is not what you signed up for uh, to just be in this business grinding every day and stress and not having the life that you wanted for yourself and your family. Tell me about like, if we were in your head or, you know, if we were able to crawl in your cranium or connect to your heart and get to the real secret motivation of why you just would not, not willing to tolerate continuing down this path of struggle. What was the real underlying hidden motivation for you? Like if you didn't get this freaking fixed, What's the most painful or humiliating or most frustrating or most debilitating consequence that you were just not freaking having? What was that secret motivation for you? Yeah, I love this question. Um, so I said earlier, you know, first and foremost, I'm a dad and a uh, husband, a father and husband. Um, and, you know, kids are super impressionable. They, they're at the age of my kiddos, I've got a, a four-month-old son. We we had a son in this whole process, um, uh, but my my four-year-old, you know, to him, like I'm I'm like his idol, you know, like he mm. wants to do everything I'm doing. And <clears throat> for me, that's always been a huge motivate motivating factor. And initially, it was like I want to be able to provide a I want to be able to provide a life for him where he doesn't have to struggle. And mm. The, the motivation shifted really drastically when I realized that I was, I was bringing him things, bringing him toys and, and stuff, like giving him the stuff because I couldn't give my time to him. Um, and so my motive, motivation really was I want to do life with my family, not for my family. And the only way to do that was to free myself from the struggle of just being a, a, a 
vending machine or being a, an ATM, you know? And that's, mm. that's kind of where the, the, like, if I was to encapsulate this whole, like the, all the emotion behind it, it was just wanting to a be a good example for him because I'm always, I, you know, I've been teaching him like you are a creator, you're capable of anything, whatever you put your mind to, you can do. And then mm. here I am like eating bad, drinking, you know, just not having a great life. And I'm like, how, how is he like, he could, I can tell him this stuff, but he sees something totally different, you know, mm. on top of that, like I'm trading my time for possessions. You know, he had a toy full of room or a room full of toys that didn't really mean anything to him because it was like, I don't see my dad. What's he going to give me next time? You know, what, what next toy am I going to get? You know? Yeah. And so the motivation was like, I, I want to have a life that I can give to him. And the only way that I can show him how to like, really just, grab onto life and absorb it and just live the most full life possible is by me doing that first. You know, it's kind of the whole mm. analogy of <clears throat> being on an airplane and the oxygen mask pop down, you know, you got to put yours on first. You got to save yourself before you can save someone else. And so it really came down to like, to kind of, the, you know, that <clears throat> in, a, in a two part sense, I guess. But the first one was like, I, I was programming this kid to be a dysfunctional adult that would follow my footsteps. And that was something mm. like, wow. Yeah. It. It's interesting how we'll often do more for the people we love and the legacy that <laughs> will impact the next generation than we will for ourselves and our own, you know, dysfunctional habits and the habit force that tends to, you know, take over our lives. If it was just us and our own, isolated state we probably tolerate that for a lot longer but as soon as we get heart connected to the impact of <clears throat> our lackluster leadership and our hindering habits impacting the next generation all of a sudden that's like that's goosebump worthy when we start to see you know what enough is enough the buck freaking stops here i will yeah. not settle for having my kids hear me preaching but not living it not walking it not being it to have my kids settle for a second best life because they see me settling for a second best life. No yeah. freaking way. The buck stops here. That's goosebump worthy in my mind, because when you get to that place, it's like, wait a second. It's not just about me. It's about the next generation. It's yes. about not just having a life for the here and now it's about creating a legendary legacy, which means who am I going to be for my kids? Who am I going to be for my spouse? Who am I going to, who am I going to be for the people who are looking to me as a leader, as an influencer? And how do I want to be remembered when I take my last breath? Do I want to be someone that they forgive of many, many faults and say, I don't want to be like that? Or are they going to look to me as, sure, they're going to forgive many faults, but they're going to look to me also as an inspiration yeah. and worthy of emulation. So I love that that was your motivation because that, again, is another motivation that goes much deeper than just cash and checks goes much deeper than just closing loans. It's a motivation that comes right from your soul. And that when you tap into that kind of motivation, you're unfreaking stoppable. I mean, that's yeah. a motivation that can carve through steel. Nothing can stop yeah. you. So tell me about what you try to do to get this motivation to become actualization when it comes to actually finding something that works. Chances are we weren't the first to get the can when it comes to finding a solution to your plight as a loan officer with the up and down yo-yo roller coaster income. What other solutions did you try uh, to no avail before you uh, you know, connected with us? Yeah, so I mean, 
kind of the uh, the thing you'll hear, you know, all the time. And you're, and you're getting bombarded with this stuff. Any anyone in this industry, um, there's there's a million different uh, systems and coaching methods out there. Um, and so I'd, I'd gone to so April of that year, so earlier in that year, um, last year, I'd gone to uh, Vegas to this uh, this mortgage conference um, and signed up with this coaching program. And I won't say their name, but um, it rhymes with mortgage marketing schmanimals. Um, and, and before that I had, I had been uh, coaching with another one who I won't mention their name, but it was, uh, the Schmore. Um, and it was, it was all like, it's the same thing, right? It's, it's, um, it's just like numbers, 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 focus on money, focus on money, focus on money, like call 40 people that you don't know, get them to get coffee with you, buy them coffee, talk to them cool they don't work out call another 40 more just keep doing that week after week after week after week or, or call the same 40 every monday without necessarily having any new compelling yeah. reason for the call yeah. aside the, from persistence hey, beats resistance right yeah you want to get coffee <laughs> now, you know and so um i will admit i i definitely exhausted both of those uh practices you know um, someone very smart once said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And, uh, and I, I was, I was, you know, I was like, shoot, well, if this is what it takes then I'm going to do it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll just keep doing this. And, uh, so that's, that's kind of what it was. And I was feeling like super, um, I don't even know what the word is like defeated is almost, uh, too nice a word, but like, like there must be something wrong with me because mm. this is not working and I'm doing, I'm doing everything. Like I'm, I have the blueprint in front of me. What, why is this not working? Mm. And um, yeah, super frustrating. Like, and it's, here's the thing. Like I, I, uh, I kind of joke about the other coaching programs, but I am, I am, I feel super fortunate being where I'm at now. I feel super fortunate and blessed to have gone through that because one of the most valuable things in life that you can learn and you have to experience it, you can't be taught this, but is the value of perspective. If you don't, if you don't sit through a rainstorm, you're never going to be able to appreciate when the clouds break and the sun comes out. Right. That's so right. It's, you can't like, you can't even really quantify the, the, um, the value of that, you know? So I'm, I'm super appreciative. I really am. Like I, nothing anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll end it right there. But, um, yeah, just yeah it's like, you know, you're used to you used to going to war with spears and bows and arrows, and all of a sudden you discover something called a gun. Yeah. You know, you'd never appreciate the true potent power of a gun and a, having a firearm in your hands until you've tried to, you know, go to war and be effective with bows and arrows. You know what I mean? I like to use <laughs> the, uh, the a little more modern analogy, but it's previous to this, it was it was like shooting into the dark with a shotgun hoping you hit a deer versus like getting a sniper rifle and night vision goggles right, right. i mean it literally is that different like the the these that that system works right if you're willing to just ex if you're willing to put in 14 hour days 7 days a week for years on end that system will work right you're yeah. just find your life away say goodbye to your kids you'll you'll make money you'll be you'll be fine but you will not have a life because you, what you're doing is like it's a numbers game and they hammer that down your throat they say work, 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 work. And you're shooting the shotgun, boom, 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 boom. And yeah, you're getting stuff, you know, you, you are getting results, but there's you're taking down a lot of trees in the meantime. Yeah. yeah exhausting a lot and, of ammo. And you're exhausting a lot of ammo. Yeah. yeah. 
Yep. Making but a lot then, of noise. Yeah. But if you yeah, can your barrel's getting real hot. Yeah. If you can put on nitrogen goggles, all of a sudden you look out there and you see, okay, that's a tree, that's a tree, that's an that's a buck right there. That's an awesome, like you know, six Four point, point buck, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, six point even better. Even better. <laughs> but anyway, enough hunting analogies, but like being strategic with your time and also realizing like, dude, you are freaking worth it. Like you why why would you settle for exhausting every ounce of energy? to get someone who is not going to be loyal that they just, you're basically like, okay, so here's, here's an awesome, I'm super big with analogies, but um, there's a, I'm going to mess this up, but there's a tribe of indigenous people um, somewhere in, in the Americas. I want to say it's South America somewhere, but anyway, the way they would hunt was they would run animals down. They would, they would, that's where like marathon running or or ultra, you know, running kind of came into existence. They would just run, they'd outrun these animals and you have to wonder, like, <clears throat> if any of you have ever hunted or had wild game meat, when when you eat an animal that's had adrenaline coursing through their body, it's like, it's not good, right? It just is not good. But that was their means of of getting their target was basically as exhausting until, until that animal was like, you know what? I'm done. Just eat me already, right? And that's essentially <laughs> what you're doing. You're getting this, this. let's say, let's just use a real practical analogy. You're, you're prospecting this agent until they're like, fine, I'll get coffee with you. Like, let's see how bad you can mess this deal up. As soon as you mess something up, boom, they're done, right? Because you, right. all you've built is the fact that you're just going to hammer them until they they finally give in. And then here's other, the worst part of that. I've, I've experienced this in my own business where the agents that actually got through that, they knew that I was just, or they were just a number to me because as soon as I got them on board, I took them off the list and added someone back in their place and I kept calling 40 people. And so to them, they were just like, the only reason you're working with me is because I finally gave in, but I am nothing other than a number and it means for you to get a paycheck, right? Right. Once you shift There's no that. Service. There's no VIP yeah. experience. There's no unique value add. Whoa. You're just basically transition from the prospect bucket into the sucker for punishment uh closed bucket and then you move yep. on and keep prospecting that's a yep. very interesting point you highlight that because you know it's the same thing with relationships you know yep. you can work really hard to attract a significant other and you wine them and dine them and you take them out for dinner and you take them you know to amazing romantic places and you are chivalrous and open the and you do all these wonderful things, write love notes and, and poems. And as soon as you get them, you know, roped in and seal the deal, it's like, you know, all you're doing is watching TV every day. And, uh, you know, she's like, well, I haven't heard you say you love me, sweetheart. Well, I told you I loved you when I married you. If anything changes, I'll let you know. You know, it's like a total shift in how they take care of the person. And this is no exception. And people want to feel like they're getting a special experience and that's what creates that loyalty and that bond. And certainly that's what gets you that exclusive relationship with top producers. So obviously a very different shift in approach from what you had tried in the past to no avail when you got with us. Tell me about the, you know, obviously, you know, most people prior to reaching out to us, if they were to lose 75% of their pipeline for the month, they'd be probably pretty hesitant to make a bold strategic investment in their breakthrough because all they're focusing on is their fear and their lack and their limitation, looking at their bank account and the fact that their income just dried up in a heartbeat 
And maybe I need to go and uh, cobble together a few more pennies before I start investing in myself. Why didn't you do that? Because most people are the complete opposite. They shrink back and contract into fear and let that be the reason not to invest. Why were you the opposite? I'm curious. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, if, if I'm being totally honest, like that was that was a thought that um, like that was a, that was a big objection that I had to overcome. Like I I wasn't going to pull the trigger because I was <clears throat> I mean, like, just put yourself in my perspective. Right. I was expecting uh, at that month, I think I was expecting twelve thousand dollars. And then going into that phone call, my my paycheck gross was going to be like thirty two hundred. And I knew that my expenses, so we were, yeah, I knew my expenses were going to be just under that. So by the time that like taxes and everything were taken out, I was going to have a zero bank account. I was going to pay my bills, but not have anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I was like, this, this doesn't make sense. I don't have the money to do this. I can't do this. This is, this is an, a, a huge expense, um, far more than, than what I, I had, you know, uh, I was allowing myself to, to, you know, it was, it was just, it was a big investment. Right. Right. So I, I was gonna, I think I actually, I did like mentally, I said no, like 10 or 11 times. Like I, it wasn't something I was going to do because um, when you're in that moment, it's like all, like you're only thinking of survival. You're only thinking of like, how am I going to, um, how am I going to like feed my family next month? You know, if I do this, like this is going to put me in a bad spot. Mm-hmm. And I guess like where that shifted was, was realizing that like, no matter where in my timeline over, over the last 12 months, and then looking forward over the next 12 months, where that ever changed, I, I asked myself, like, where is there a point when this becomes something that I feel like, yeah, I can do it. And I was like, and that never happens that at that moment never happens where I feel like, yeah, I will go ahead and spend X amount of money to be able to do this, invest in myself. Um, because like w- without making a huge shift and a drastic change, like you're not going to do that. You just won't, you know, human nature, when you're in that spot, human nature is just to survive and to just yeah. like, and that's, and if that's all you want to do is just surviving, then like, shoot, do, do the other stuff, like go get, get on the drug bus. And that's, that's what I had done. So it was realizing that like, if I didn't take a step back, I was never going to take a step forward, you know? Um, so just really, really practically, I maxed the credit card out hundred percent. I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that, you know, I was like, you know what? 29% interest this is going to suck. I'm going to have a few monthly payments on this. Uh, and then, I'm, you know, if this works out, I'm going to pay it off. And I, I made a resolution in my mind that by month three, I was going to pay that credit card off. And uh, I think it paid, I think it paid it off at the end of month two, which whatever that's you know that's awesome, kind of insignificant. But but I um, but it is that is significant. Just just the mere when you put that in the context of holy crap, you know, there's no guarantees here. We're talking about the front lines of capitalism in the real world. There are no guarantees. If it is to be, it's up to me. And I'm going to have to treat this like my freaking life depends on it. But there's a lot at stake here. I got a wife and two kids at home. You know, I'm the provider. If this, you know, it's like it's either do or freaking die is basically where you're at. Yeah. And to be able to pay it off in two months versus three months, yeah, it might for most people seem insignificant. But when you're on the front lines like you were and still are and you have so much at stake, I mean, that's massive to be able to have that kind of yield and return on investment. And now you have the marketing superpower, the know-how and the muscle to be able to 
create a whole new future. Like you said, taking a step back, proverbially speaking, metaphorically speaking, just take 10 steps forward. And a lot of people, like you say, they're just so focused on the here and now and survival mode. They're so, so committed to their coping mechanism of survival that they're not willing to pierce through the fear required to actually make their dream real. They're more committed to their comfort zone than they are to conquer. Obviously you had a white hot fire of burning desire to conquer. And one thing I know for certain, the interested always find an excuse, the committed always find a way you were defiantly committed. And that's precisely why you decided to take that bold and strategic investment. And even when it meant, you know, having the credit card tapped out with so much at stake. And then it's like, okay, now it's go time. So tell me about the skeptical try in investing your time and energy, putting this formula to practice. Now you're in, now you're in the inner sanctum. It's balls to the wall. It's go time. It's not just education time. It's execution time. It's taking what you're learning and actually executing it. Cause we get paid on done, not begun. Right. So yeah. tell me about, you know, obviously you had a lot of skin in the game. So you had that working in your favor to be malleable and coachable, but let's be real. Anytime you get into something new, there's always a little bit of, you know, skepticism. Like, are you serious? You think this is really going to work? Okay. I, I, I decided to commit to this, so I'm going to do this. But deep down inside, you're like rolling your eyes thinking, okay, I sure freaking hope this works. Tell me about that for you. What was that like for you? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, I have to back up just just for half a second. Um, I so the the next like the following day, so day one, sign my life away, max my credit card out, <laughs> get logins to this whole thing, just get like the keys to the castle, and it's daunting. Like there's just there's just like poof, someone opened up a fire hose right in my face, and so I'm like, holy shit, what do I do? And um, and I I I'm a I'm more appreciative of the fact that it put me so up against the wall because I think if I had been in a different spot, let's say for some reason that like those, those loans had all closed and I had had the the extra money or, or let's say that I had just come across a bunch of money. And this was like, now this cost was like a third of what my income was for that month. <clears throat> I don't think I would have treated it as like, I want to treat it the same because my back was against the wall, because I had no other way to go before I had burnt the ships on the shore. There's that, sh- I don't know, that's the whole story of the, anyway, we'll, that's, we'll cover that in a minute, but. Burn um, the retreat boats. Yeah. No <laughs> retreat, burn the freaking boats. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I saw that there was, there's a lot of stuff. Like I'm, I'm realizing there are some gaps from where I am to where I want to be, but there's also like, there's a ladder there though. Like, holy smokes, there's a ladder now. Like I see this, all I got to do is climb just one step at a time. And so I just, for me, um, I guess it was, it was kind of like, it was putting my ego at the door, just leaving it there and, and going to the gym, you know, which that's the other thing. I, the same day I signed up for the gym. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to leave my ego at the door. I'm I'm doing this. I'm going to get in shape. I'm not going to, I'm not going to deal with life the way it currently is any longer. And so those two things kind of, kind of really uh, helped each other, I think, which 
I don't think that's part of your program. Maybe we should incorporate it into it, like the, the physical aspect. It is it. actually, we call it learn and burn. So while you're Dude, burning no, your calories, you're learning and you're getting stronger, sharper, wiser, yeah. and more skill and more wisdom. It's so like, it's so important because like the thing is your ego uh, or your idea of, um, you know, you already know it, you've already done this, you've tried this before that can, that'll, that will mess this whole thing up. So for me, it was really just like understanding that like, I'm not in the position to do anything but follow instructions and read this blueprint and just go to work. Um, and like I said, so the, the, the little things, the first step seemed really uh, minuscule. It was like, okay, hey, let's get your mind right. Let's focus on like where you're at right now and connecting the dots between where you're at to where you need to be. And so I just did that. I was like, okay, I'm gonna get my mind right. Boom. Step one. I just really focused on like manifesting and envisioning. There's this book um, by Hal Elrod, good friend of mine, um, The Miracle Morning. If you haven't read mm -hmm. that book, strongly encourage it. But that's a great way to like to kind of start this for momentum of like setting your day up to where you go into the day feeling like a badass and you can take anything. Right. Yeah. Different subject. We can cover that in a minute. But um, yeah, I check checking my ego at the door. That was the biggest thing following the little steps, even though this seemed like they were, they were, you know, kind of not what I should be focusing on, but there's this really distinguishing factor between um, the elite and, and the rest, which is most people will focus like in their business, doing, doing the stuff that, that needs to be done, you know, uh, making sure that you send out this update or you get these documents in or, or whatever the case is. Right. But they won't focus on their business. They won't focus on like, fixing the fatal flaws that are ultimately like creating your demise, whether now or in the future. And so taking that step back and being able to look at it, you know, from this 5,000 per perspective and then going really deep into it and understand all these little pieces that were missing or just need to be tweaked. Um, yeah, that was it. So it was, it was trusting the process, mm -hmm. leaving my ego at the door. And then also like putting myself through, like, there's something about like, putting yourself through physical pain, working out, not like inflicting pain on yourself, not saying that, but like going to the gym and like just embracing the suck that makes you realize like, damn, this job is easy. Like I get to connect with people. I get to help them like solve problems. I get to get them into a home and help realize their dreams. Like that's the easy part. Why am I being such a post about this? Pardon the language. <laughs> but the reality is like we, 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 we look at this, like it's so hard and it, it can feel like that, but by allowing yourself to experience that discomfort in another area of life and then overcoming that and winning all of a sudden you're like, this shit's easy. Like this is not hard. I can do this, you know? Yeah. So that starts bolstering your confidence and your ability to like see through the, the quagmire of endless like tasks and, and things that are just, you're struggling with and allows you to like start seeing the the ladder, you know, start climbing out of this mess you're in. So. Yeah. Um, Remi it was, reminds me of, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, it's really just, yeah, just trusting the process and taking the little steps, at, you know, one step at a time. And just really like, I can't stress that enough, like checking your ego at the door. Hold my wife's call me for the second time. It's my kiddo's first day of school. Sure. I'll, I'll take the baton for a moment while you get that. Hey, so what uh, Sam just mentioned, it reminds hey. me of the saying that if you want to win, if you want to become a champion, yeah. you've got to become comfortable oh. being uncomfortable because yeah. champion level results are always going to be outside of our comfort zone, right? And that is the rub is that we love our comfort zone. 
We coddle our comfort zone. We seek our comfort zone. We protect our comfort zone. We do all that we can in our power. And certainly habit force helps us to stay within our comfort zone. And that's what keeps us stuck and keeps us stagnated and keeps us struggling. And as, uh, you know, Sam mentioned earlier, if we keep doing what, what we've always done, we'll keep getting what we've always got. It's the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So I was just uh, talking, Sam, about how part of your journey in getting in the program and having a breakthrough and really getting the most out of the program is exercising your muscle called being comfortable being uncomfortable and embracing it. You go If you go to the gym and you're trying to be comfortable, it ain't going to pan out so well. You might as well stay at home eat bonbons or watch Oprah because you're going to at least not have to spend the extra 50 bucks a month for your membership fees and you won't have to spend the gas and the time getting to and from the gym because you won't have any net benefit. If you don't embrace the grind and the pain, you're not going to see the gain. It's just as simple as that. So there is a shift that I'm hearing in your perspective from it being a have to to a get to. Like I get to serve these people. I get to liberate people from the suck of making their landlord rich and not getting ahead financially and living in a crap rental that they're not proud of, that isn't in a neighborhood that's healthy for the kids. I get to liberate that from them from that and have the pride of home ownership in a safe neighborhood, in a place they can feel proud of welcoming friends and family and having community and having fellowship and connection with those they love. I mean, it's a get to, you get to get them out of the plight of financial struggle and get them liberated from high interest debt with refis that remove that high interest debt into low interest debt and lower payments and liberating them from excess in monthly payments so they can have a better quality life. Like there's so much that we can get heart connected to that's a get to as opposed to a have to. Yeah. So that's a huge distinction I wanna highlight. Tell us about how this proven plan and this building of the being comfortable, being uncomfortable muscle, improving your mindset, improving your physical health and well-being and fitness, and actually implementing this formula in your life and your business. Let's now move forward because I think it was October or something that you enrolled in the program last year, if I'm not mistaken. And now it's September, early September 2019. So it's been about 10 months. Tell us about the results in terms of income, in terms of freedom, in terms of your emotional well-being, your your, uh, health and fitness well-being. Walk us through the difference now that, you know, 10 months has come and gone. Yeah. Um, well, do you want a timeline or do you want like just drastic comparison? Maybe, maybe just give us like a fast forward, you know, 10 months and here I am now. Yeah. So, um, so just fast forward, you know, my, my, uh, my focus changed. So the focus was no longer on the income and not having enough or, or just barely having enough to the lifestyle. Like what did I, what, what did I want my life to look like by focusing on that? This all of a sudden met it, right? It's, it was, a, it's called adjusting your, your thermostat, adjusting your financial thermostat or whatever you want to call it. But it's, um, so changing that focus, uh, you know, almost immediately um, by by doing this, I started to realize that things are falling into place. Um, and now, like, I could put myself, my family, that time together as a priority. And so I started, like, started 
you know, scheduling in like, hey, I'm going to go take my son uh, on a little mandate and I'm going to go date my wife, you know, dating my wife. Like that was something that would just kind of novel concept, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so now all of a sudden, um, you know, and this keep in mind, I'm still in the thick of it. I didn't I wasn't like overnight balling out of control, but um, but those things started to become more of a priority. And and the, the realization that, that my focus had shifted wasn't something that happened overnight. It wasn't until. I think probably May that I realized that this this huge shift had happened in how I, where I was looking right. So before I was looking down and looking at like right in front of me and life was just kind of going by and I was always focused on this transaction. To now I was focusing on what really mattered, which is my family, my overall health, my lifestyle, my mindset, all that stuff. Um, so I started reading. Um, I've read fifty books this year. Um, I've gone to the gym pretty much every day, uh, since last October, um, last October I was 187 pounds and like 187 pounds and 20% body fat. I'm 185 now and 11% body fat. Um, so I mean, it just like, I feel a lot better. I feel healthy. Um, and then there's something so, about that. There's something about that that interfuses everything from the boardroom yeah. to the bedroom. When you're feeling yeah. like a champion, man, yeah. it's like it impacts everything. How you show up with your wife, with your kids, with your significant other, uh, how you show up in the office as a leader, how you show up yeah. uh, with real estate agents, with clients, when you have that sparkle in your eye and that pep in your step and that mental clarity and that confidence, like it, inf- it, it infuses everything because it infuses into who you are and how you're showing up in in the world. So that's massive. Tell me about, obviously a lot of that stuff um, is impacted by, you know, you not only investing in the program, but but more importantly, executing the program and showing up like your freaking life depends on it, implementing it with urgency, balls to the wall, all massive action. Tell me about some of the results that have happened in terms of either increase in commissions or increase in in closings or volume. Tell me about kind of the before and after there, after 10 months. Yeah, so um, three transaction month kind of on average and, you know, just really hyper-focusing on that, just really having enough to cover expenses and, and whatever, that whole thing. Um, <clears throat> since then, so we, we are... It's a totally different perspective. So I, I made this post on Facebook in June, um, where I was looking at our pipeline. It was it was a year ago today, or a year ago that day. Uh, I'm not. I'm going to paraphrase. It basically like we we 10 x what we were doing um, for for the branch. You know, so I'm a producing branch manager, uh, which that was another sh- shift there as well. I was non-producing at that time and just realized that you know no one can do it as well as I can. Not not saying that with any sort of pride, but this is, this is my baby. Like I, you know, I can do this yeah. at a level. Um, <clears throat> all of a sudden, like through the program, I was, I realized the stuff that I could delegate and how I was, I was focusing on the wrong things. Um, so through that process of delegation, now all of a sudden, um, you know, I had a lot more free time. I had more time to invest in my family. Um, the income just kept increasing as a result. It was no longer a focus of mine. And the surprising part, which I guess is not surprising, but it was it was uh, super encouraging. Was realizing that like who I was becoming was someone that I was attracted to, and that sounds like mm. weird, but now like people were were approaching me that I had like thought, man, it'd be rad to work with this agent because they are absolutely killing it. 
reaching out to me and saying like, Hey, let's get coffee together. Or let's do something together. I want to be around you. I want to like find out like what you're doing that is working so well. And then realizing that like that shift had happened where I had gone from being down here looking up to now all of a sudden being up here and, and the people on that level wanting to understand and learn more. The thing is about like living life at a really high level is you, that commitment is no longer again, a need to, it's a want to. And when you want to learn and grow, like you realize that everyone else that is living life at a high level is in the same position. They want to learn and grow. And so like that, the ego hasn't come back. Like the ego has been checked the door since day one. And I am like, I'm fortunate and humble through this entire experience. Mm -hmm. And I will continue to grow and, and go through this process and learn from everyone I can, because anyway, that's just the side of it. Um, income. So I, I, broke a company record. Um, I've, so I've got on my wall here, um, a few of them that, uh, the only I see no one, it's all jargon, everyone else, but I know what it is. Um, but yeah, we, we broke some company records this year. Um, I'm the number oh, Tell one. us about it. Well, what, what records did you break? Yeah. So, um, the most low volume funded by a single branch in a calendar month, uh, ever, like in the history of the company, they've been around for uh, 15 years. Um, I broke a personal record. The, of mine. What was the what was the volume, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah. So in uh, in June we did five point two million. Um, that nice. was all. That was like my production. Our entire branch did eight point seven. Um, out of that five point two, I made eighty seven thousand um, dollars. Nice. And and the the P and L. So that's not including. That's just your personal uh, commissions yep. from your personal volume, not including overrides, right? Yep. Yep. Badass, brother. It's a yeah. great start. <clears throat> yeah, no, and it's, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's, it's funny because I always like, when you're in the middle of the, the struggle, so I think it's a really important part to touch on when you're in the middle of the struggle, you're doing, we're, we, we work with numbers, right? You've, everyone has done this before you, but you look at where you're at, you look at your production, you look at the amount you get paid per hour, and then you start trying to, trying to replicate that to like, Hey, if I want to make 20 grand a month, I've got to work 29 hours a day wait, there's only 24. No, it's not even possible. Like you start realizing like it, it just doesn't work. Right. Um, but here, like I'm, I work. The biggest part is I work probably like a 10th of what I was working before. Right. It's like Jim Rohn's quote where he said, it's not about putting in more hours in the day, but getting more hours from more from the hours you're putting in. It's not about being busy. It's about being productive getting that sniper rifle telling That's you right man, it's it <laughs> with the no laser problem. with the laser scope and the night goggles yeah it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> just expending endless rounds out of a shotgun anymore it was it was it's amazing like precise um you know calculated uh steps you know yeah and you know to quote jim Rohn again because he's just timeless and you know he seems to speak to so many people's journeys especially people who are pursuing greatness and pursuing their, you know, becoming a better version of themselves like you are. He said, you can't chase success. It's like an eluding butterfly. It will always elude you. You be, you attract it by the person you become. And obviously you are the quintessential example of investing in yourself with books, with programs like this. And then of course, not just having it go 
through your, you know, one ear and out the other, but actually implementing it and being thirsty for execution because the biggest gap in life is the gap between that which we know and that which we do. And it's so it's about bridging the gap. That's how we bridge the gap between where we are now and our dreams is bridging the gap between education and implementation. So tell us now, it's been 10 months, brother, 10 months and you're freaking light years ahead of where you were October last year, breaking records, kicking ass, taking names, you're on track to build a seven-figure business now. You have a seven-figure trajectory. You got a kick-ass team. You're becoming a more influential leader to yourself and to your uh, team as well as to your family. What's the most meaningful, most valuable outcome or the most valuable shift that's happened from now in comparison to where you were October of last year, the most meaningful, valuable change in your life in those 10 short months? Yeah, um, really like personal, but you'll, maybe you'll get something from this, but <clears throat> I ran my first triathlon a month and a half ago, placed first for my age, uh, six group. Yeah, it was, I was That's awesome. It was good. But from that, I, the little medal I got, um, I gave my son and he like, he's like out playing, riding his bike, hops in his pool, splashes a little bit, hops out, runs up the yard, runs back and he puts the medal on. Like awesome. Watching daddy. Seeing that, like that, that's honestly been the most impactful and, and seeing that meaning I'm there watching this. You're there. Yeah. After you leave the office at nine o'clock at night. Yeah. But watching that, that shift there was something else too um so we've we done we've done this before like when he was little we have this uh our this little back patty with a burn with a little burn pit a little fire pit and we will we've had campfires out there and um <clears throat> emmett when he was really little we were like looking at the stars and he like was asking what stars were and i i pointed to one and he, i was like that's your star and he's always remembered that's his star and so whenever it gets dark, he finds it. And he's like, that's my star. And then from that, he found Mama's star and he found Arlo's star. And they're all like kind of clustered together. And my star was always way over here. And then, uh, and then like, let's see, I post this the day for my birthday. We're out there sitting by the fire. Stars come out. And he tells me about the other night. This He made this up, but it was just like, it was so perfect. The other night, he was out there watching the stars, you know, at the fire and my star shot over and now it's right there and he pointed to it and my star is like right in there with him and like the impact that had on me like like um my like uh my kid now seeing me as being part of his life instead of just being someone that was like you know his dad it was huge like it's, it's super corny but man having my star right there with my little boy and and with the rest of the family like take all the money take all this shit like that is like i've, I've got it you know so um I'm getting goosebumps right now because that's that's what life is made of right there. That's the substance of the abundant life. The things money can't buy. Love, yeah. connection, family, legacy, leadership, making a difference in someone's life, being able to journey in your kid's life and having those magical moments and those adventures and those yeah. mentoring moments. I mean, there's no amount of money that can ever compare to that magic. So I'm so proud of you, brother. I know you ain't done. You've just begun. The best is most definitely yet to come. Um, I just want to honor you and salute you for your courage to be willing to 
pierce through the darkness of your fear and your inclination to contract into, you know, just self-protection mode and letting that be the impetus and motivation to say, I'm a stand for my dream. I'm a stand for my future. I'm a stand for my family. I'm not wanting to let fear stop me. Screw fear. I'm going for faith. I'm going for my dreams. And I also want to salute you for your malleability and your humility and your willingness to put, as you say, your ego at the door and to really embrace the adventure of life, which is embracing the challenges as well as the opportunities and to use those challenges, not to define you, but refine you and make you better. And you've certainly done that. And it's only been 10 months, brother. You, you just scratches the surface of the surface of the surface. We haven't, we haven't even gotten close to the full capacity and capability of Samuel Borthwick. This is just the beginning, brother. But super proud of you, super excited for your family. They get Samuel, uh, not just in terms of who he is being in his life, in his leadership, but also more quantity of that, which is immeasurably valuable to have your wife and your kids have daddy around. I mean, there's nothing more valuable than that, especially when you keep going for God's best for yourself and God's best for them. So super proud of you, man. And uh, super excited to see what's next for you as you continue to evolve and grow and expand and conquer new mountains. Because Lord knows you're not sliding down old ones. You're climbing up new ones. Yep. Yep. 100%. Love it, brother. So for those of you watching, listening, obviously, you know, inspiring to see someone go for their dreams. And I want you to know, as Samuel, I'm sure would attest that the fears and trials and tribulations he went through. And the struggles that he went through are very much something that you guys can go through as well. Like in terms of the blockades that stop you from that next level of growth, he felt them. He's been there. We've been there. We know what it's like. We know it ain't easy. We know it's the trialy fires of life that really test a person's soul and determine how much white hot fire burning desire we really have to stretch into making our dream a reality because lord knows it doesn't happen by accident it happens by design and so we can absolutely empathize if you're going through some of the stuff that sam went through he can empathize i can certainly empathize but that doesn't have to be the end of your story just like it wasn't for sam you can decide enough is enough no more i've had it i'm done with just surviving i'm ready to start thriving and if you're ready to step up and learn how to do exactly that i invite you to take advantage of a complimentary breakthrough call where you can start the journey just like you did with Sam, where we lift up the hood on your business. We look at what's working, what's not working, where you're at, where you wanna be. And if we can help you get there, by all means, we will show you how. But this is not for everybody, so let's be clear. This is not for someone who's content where they're at. It's not for someone who's more committed to their comfort zone than conquering. It's not for someone who just wants to make an extra 20 or $30,000 a month. It's not for someone who committed to their coping mechanisms and their excuses and their bullshit as opposed to their dreams and doing whatever it takes to make them real. It's not for someone who's on a 30%, you know, 30 BIPs comp plan on a three or four G's or five G's salary program at the bank where they're only making three to 500 bucks per deal on commissions and is, you know, happy and content on salary plus a tiny commission structure. This is for people who are on 100% commission. You eat what you kill, no safety net. If you don't close deals, you have skinny kids, like that kind of a situation. Like literally, 
It's up to you to make things happen. This is for someone who wants to make it at least $100,000 or more minimum in additional income. So like Sam did, who wants to thrive, not just survive, who wants to you know, have the abundant life, who wants to give their family the good life, who wants to be a champion in the industry, who wants to take flight and soar. If that's you and you know, as I speak this, you know, if I'm speaking to you, you know it, you can feel it in your being that this is for you. You want to take advantage of this breakthrough call where we literally get you clarity like you never have before on what it's really going to take to create a breakthrough in your business. Not just the old-fashioned caveman method that so many other so-called mortgage marketing experts or coaches are talking about where you chase the same freaking realtors every single Monday. We don't mess with that. We don't do cold calling. If you're looking for a cold calling plan, this isn't it. We do sniping with the sniper rifle, with the laser sights, with the night vision goggles, guys. We do the 21st century badass, shortest path to the cash method because there's no brownie points for doing it the hard way. If that sounds like something you'd like to take advantage of, I invite you to take advantage of this call by going to mortgagemarketingcoach.com forward slash apply. Mortgagemarketingcoach.com forward slash apply. You'll get on the phone with either me or one of my consultants. And uh, we'll have a connection. We'll have some real talk and we'll get you clarity like you never have before on what it's really going to take to help you get to that next level and create your breakthrough. So Sam, thanks for hanging with me, brother. Um, what's uh, one thing you'd like to have our uh, audience leave with and marinate their mind as we finish up this episode? Yeah. Um, I'll make this as fast as possible. And I got to run, drop off some flowers, to my kiddo at their school. Um, very often in life, you'll you'll encounter situations where something will happen. For me, it was uh, this is unrelated, but carrying my my kiddo used to wake up in the middle of the night, call for me. I'd go into his room, carry him into bed with us. He'd fall asleep in bed. Everyone's happy, and I got to the point where I was kind of begrudgingly doing that because I'm like, ah, oh, like I want to sleep in my own bed, not get kicked in the face by a three year old. There was one <laughs> night when he stopped doing that. He was sleeping in his bed all night. Should have been a monumental experience. It was super happy about it. But there was a little part of me that remembered that chapter of my life where I would pick my kid up in the middle of the night, carry him in the room. He'd whisper, I'd love you, dad, in my ear. And I'd walk him in the bedroom and lay down with us. That's kind of something that's in the past now, right? That's, that's, that's in my memory book. So as you think about <clears throat> where you're at and where you want to be, I guess the only thing I would say is don't forget to remember your future. Remember to that where you're at doesn't need to be where you're going. And if you're thinking about your future, like you need to start that today because the, the what you're doing today is going to be a memory that you will look back on five years from now, 10 years from now, 10 months from now. So don't forget to remember your future, what that looks like, what you want out of life, like where you deserve to be. That's it. Amen, brother. Future. If you want a better, if we want a better future, it starts with a better strategy today. Because if we're heading east looking for the sunset, we got a problem. Yep. Love you, brother. Thanks for all that you shared today. You're an inspiration to many, including me, yeah, including your you. family, including your team. So keep being awesome. And uh, again, thanks for your time today, brother. This was a very inspiring. Uh, opportunity for people to get on the inside of Samuel Borthwick. And it was definitely one of the most inspirational talks we've had here. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Doran. All right, guys. So again, if you want to take advantage of a complimentary breakthrough call, just go to mortgagemarketingcoach.com forward slash apply, book your call, and we will connect. 
Thanks for watching. This is Dornell Dana with the one and only Samuel Borthwick, the Art of Mortgage Marketing podcast coming at you live. Go forth, take massive action, bring massive positive energy to that action. Chances are you'll get massive results. Go forth, guys. Bring your best, do your best. Let the law of attraction take care of all the rest. Have a great day, guys. Peace.